original coin. It's Jake Lee. You honor me with your presence. Crispy D. Pokemon so tiny hurts so much. Rat Ziggler. He's usually stronger than the average and has a friendly attitude. It's... Uh, throwback. We will not back down. Okay, what everybody is the throwback. Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, Brad Ziegler. We're here. Football is here tomorrow. Well, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, and if you're listening to this on any day, make sure you're checking out all the podcasts, including a new ranking show. It's coming out today, if it's Wednesday, with myself and Brandon Funston, where you can hear us talk about the same questions you have about my rankings, which are on the site. And I've already have wonderful questions, and have got me fired up with Chris and Brad already, as we've been discussing before the show started. Uh, wonderful questions of like. Like, would I really start or who would I start or you have this person over this person? Yes, that's how I rank them. Yes, the rankings will update all the way. Guess what? Until 1 p.m. on Sunday and they'll continue to do so. And then Brad and Chris have already con- voiced their concerns over <laughs> Matt Ryan at number 20 at quarterback and uh, want me to explain that as well as what you kind of spun me into. It wasn't even that. It was the fact that somebody was asking, well, you have a write-up of Matt Breida, but then you still rank Tevin Coleman over him. Despite the fact two things, one in the write-up, I'm mentioning the fact that Brita is a better pass catcher, that Tevin Coleman is still the lead. I've explained it already. Second of all, at the very top of the article, everybody, it says sleepers are here as in upside plays. That doesn't mean they're better than the people that are ranked in front of them or potentially the options you have. I know it's hard to read, everybody. But I sound salty in week one. I am super excited, but hey, I, I, I had a very bad sleep last night. A lot of cramps in my legs. I didn't get a lot of sleep, as you can tell. He's triggered already. He's triggered already. Uh, I Perfect. don't love it. I kind of love it. But, I mean, when I say that, it's not a shot at you, Jake. You get a lot of questions. You're going to get a lot more questions than me. I know what it's like, you know, working with you over the past few years and some of the questions. Some of my favorite are always just like, you know, pick two of the three and they don't want an explanation, and then they're just right there in front of you. Yeah, it's just right there in front of you. It's just a simple, like, pick two of the three, whether it's Mac, Tevin Coleman, or Richard Penny, and then you could just see the order right there. Um, But, you know, for the most part, I think people just want an explanation from you, but it's tough to give that many explanations. And, you know, you have your write-ups there in the front, so be easy on Jake just a little bit, but also, like, still hammer down some of the questions. Like, make him work for his money. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I I'm all over it. It's this, I can't wait till we get in get into the the depth of the show because there's so much to talk about right now. I don't know. See, I already did my I already did my yesterday on Twitter and even said like I appreciate everybody. I wouldn't be here without you. So I already did my nice, but it's back to being all in heel. You had your one day of niceties <laughs> and appreciation. It's over now. It's it's definitely full on. Check the link. You guys are idiots. I hate all of you. Matt Ryan at twenty is pretty you know a little bit disrespectful, but. Disrespect. I, mean, I get it. It's in Minnesota. But, yeah. Well, so hold on. Well, we can get to that later in the show if we want. I, to, I, I don't want to spend too much time. Just so you know, going forward for everybody out there, Wednesday is going to be a lot of strategy, a lot of the news and stuff like that. Uh, we're not going to get too much into my specific rankings because there's that's a show what about the that. ranking. Sh- yeah, yes. exactly. That's what the ranking show is about. And I just want to make that clear for everybody to understand like why maybe we're not going to get a ton of that on this show. But the biggest news we have to get to at the top. Hey, look. Zeke Elliott has a contract, and it's a gigantic, enormous, huge contract. Uh, so, obviously, look, that's taken care of season-long. Zeke Elliott, you can make the case again, as we have been, for him to be number one. But the only question is, I think we're all starting him no matter what. But maybe, maybe no matter what, I mean, maybe, is there any scenario, Chris, where you just got lucky in your draft and you drafted real early and maybe you're sitting on you got Leonard Fournette in the fourth round and you also got Le'Veon Bell and James, or J- not even James Conner, but Josh Jacobs. So like, I don't know, maybe you're loaded at running back. Is there any concern in the back of your mind that maybe he comes out like Le'Veon Bell did a few years ago and it's 13 carries for 32 or whatever it was, where it was just a, a really weak week one because he hasn't been with the team until basically today. Yeah. I, I mean, I drafted last night. I took him first overall, and I'll just give you an example. Like, I'm playing him in that league. It's a little bit of a different format because there's keepers, and the rest of my backs are not great. I mean, James White, Peyton Barber, Devin Coleman. I'm dealing with guys that are just, like, whatever anyways. So I'm going to start Zeke. I mean, the reports are that he's going to play about 20 to 30 reps. 
hey, maybe a few of those are in the red zone, and that's that's good enough for me. They are playing the Giants after all. There's no need for them to give him a full workload here. If he gets 10 carries, a couple catches, I'll probably be happy with that, honestly, looking at my team. So it does depend on your, on your team. Maybe you drafted Zeke a little bit later, like you said. Who knows what kind of situation you're in. I th- I'd say, you know, obviously his upside is to finish as a borderline RB2. If he falls into the end zone, be happy. Move along. I'll, I'm going to play him. If he if he has 20 to 25 reps, that that means roughly 40 snaps for Tony Pollard. Like I I'm I'm I think there's a a pretty legit scenario at this point where Pollard actually outscores Zeke in week 1. For sure. And if that happens then and so at that point, I don't know that I am playing Zeke. I mean, yeah, there there's an op, you know, a possibility that he gets 10 carries and three touchdowns just because of when they use him. But if they're going to roll him out there at the start of the game, he may not have the conditioning. It's, it's possible, but he may not have the conditioning to be around in the fourth quarter, especially if the game's in in a blowout mode, which you know a lot of people would project. They, they're going to slaughter the Giants. And if that happens, Tony Pollard might be playing almost all of the second half. See, I, I understand that, but I mean, would you? I, how far do you have to go to this? Because I can't. I can't fathom a scenario of, unless you're in like a 10-team league and kind of in the scenario where I just said where – you fell into Jacobs and Leonard Fournette, and like I just, unless it's you're and you're only starting two running backs, I just I can't see very many scenarios where you can look at your roster and say, you know what, yeah, Zeke's not one of my best two options. Yeah, it. I mean, I would agree, especially three if you you know you have flex spots or whatever. Like at some point, he's you got to think that he's probably in your lineup. But I'm just saying, like, wait, I I could see lots of scenarios where he ends up not being in the RB, you know, the top 24 in week one. Um, just solely based on volume. If you had both, are you playing Pollard over him? No. No, but like, it sounds potentially like Brad may. Like, if you had Zeke and I, Pollard, I, I, oh, oh, man. Brad, um, yeah, I know. I yeah, and I don't. I don't answer. have them, and I, I. I mean, it would be hard to not play Zeke because you could also see a scenario where if this game happens to get be closer than they anticipate, that there, there's no way they're running Pollard out there over Zeke in that scenario. Right. So I think I think the odds are that he actually plays more than that based on game flow and so i'm gonna play zeke but uh in that scenario but i i still think there's a a really good chance pollard outscores in week one actually for your question chris i have zeke Elliott at four i have tony pollard down in the rb4s yeah so in the 50s yeah that's where that's where i have him for everybody out there that doesn't want to hey have to check the link there you go that's a freebie for everybody which uh, you know hey to be honest with you i forgot there's a lot of you guys that aren't subscribed to the athletic out there so here there's a little bit of insight and you'll get the ranking show as well so hey i still love you guys because you're not dropping comments you're, <laughs> you're the free ones that are listed but as i mentioned i forgot to mention that if you do want to come over to the athletic and get yelled at in the comments or just read the millions of giant articles and advice and amazingness that is over here that like i said on twitter yesterday i'm one one hundredth of the site it's the athletic slash the name of the show the throwback and you get 40 percent off so you don't have to spend full price for the first year yeah and you get hey by the way chris with hockey is coming out in case people listen to that with eric young yes. i heard that's a very likely scenario yes that, yeah, yeah that's that's very very likely and looking like maybe a couple hockey shows a week and you know we got a pick show coming up our first one today on wednesday Michael Beller See? and myself. So, and then there's just lots of information. I mean, you've, you've talked about Emery Hunt on this show multiple times. Like you got to be reading his stuff. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's time to come over to the athletic. Yeah. Emery Hunt's my man crush. Just in case anybody didn't know that. Yeah, it's well, like makes hundred percent. I, I wish sense. I had, I, as much as I love my brain, I like, I know, put it this way. As great as I am, that sounds so conceited. As great as I am in ranking, I would be so much better if I also had Emery's brain when it came to scouting. That's all I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. All right. Well, is that fair? That, I mean, that's fair to say. It's just, it definitely sounds very conceited. Sounds like you really do love Emery Hunt. Yes. I mean, it's exactly. It's a, it's a, it's a way to give a compliment, but also talk about how awesome I am. Yes, <laughs> right. this is true. Let's, yeah, get to those comments, uh, people. Get to those comments. All right. So, look, it is the head up to the season. We are going to talk some fantasy, but we're also going to talk some real football too, because we're leading to the season. There are people out there who bet and put money on teams and win totals, and we're going to do a little bit of that too. Some of the win totals that we do like, that we don't like, some strategy for the starting the season. Like people go in and have similar questions every single year. We're going to be helping you guys with that. But let's do some fun ones off the top. These are purely fantasy related. When I say MVP, we're not talking league MVP unless you think it's the same person. Like, you know, that that's one of the same possibly. But in any case, Chris, I'll let you go first. 
fantasy MVP. It can be anything you want. It could be the best person in fantasy. It could be the best return value in fantasy. It could be the hottest guy in fantasy. I don't know. Whatever you want. Like, you could do whatever you want with MVP. Yeah, so I thought we were going to pick MVPs, actual MVPs, but I'm fine with this. It's cool. Um, I, I've pumped this guy's tires pretty much all year to the point where he can only disappoint me. Um, so, you know, hopefully <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> David Montgomery. I, I like him a lot. I like his situation. I like the Bears team. I like their offensive line. I love their defense. I think there's going to be situations where they're just going to lean on him a whole lot. You know, and, and Jordan Howard last season, yeah, he started off pretty strong, but he was very, very disappointing. And, you know, he still got a lot of touches. He still played a majority of the snaps. He still finished top 10 in touches overall for a guy who really didn't catch the ball out of the backfield. It sounds like Montgomery is going to be involved in that aspect of the game. I love Matt Nagy. I like the fact that, you know, when he was in Kansas City and him and Andy Reid, what they did, and they got Kareem Hunt and they made him the league rushing he, he led the league as a rookie. I'm not saying that Dave Montgomery will lead the league in rushing this season, but I'm pretty comfortable in Nagy moving up and getting this guy and playing behind this offensive line. So I think, you know, he's going to be a stud. And you draft him early on in the season. You got him in the fifth round, fourth round. Maybe you had to reach on him a couple days ago in the end of the third, whatever it was. I think you're going to be in a in a pretty good spot. So I'm pretty excited about Dave Montgomery. And I think, it you know, it starts tomorrow night. All right, I'm I'm gonna go with the guy that I have literally leaned on all off season, and and this is gonna sound crazy after what happened this weekend, but I'm taking Damian Williams as the fantasy MVP solely based wow. on value, where you can get him in the fifth, we need sixth a hot take right alert. now. Yeah, and I I still think that he finishes as an RB one at the end of the season, and and I wow. if you can get an RB one in the in the five, fifth, sixth round of a draft, then then there's no question that's the most value you're gonna get that late. I got to tell you, well, so first of all, love your pick, Chris. Uh, you know, I've I'm, I'm been lockstep with you on the David Montgomery hype train. Uh, most people out there that want to counter-argument me without even coming up with, like, a valid reason not to like David Montgomery will just say Jake always loves rookies. So, like, that, I mean, you know how that goes. I, look, I understand that. Like, that's part of the, you know, you kind of get sucked in the scouting process. But part of the reason I like rookies, too, is because how many times does a rookie running back succeed? Because it's just so easy. But at any point um, – my floor, as I continue to say for Dave Montgomery, is the Jordan Howard touches, which was 270 last year yeah. that people don't realize. And if he's better than Jordan Howard, as everybody will admit, and he's going to get that floor, I don't see why more people weren't on him. I understand they signed Mike Davis, but similar to Latavius Murray when he was brought into the Vikings, this was a scenario where they signed him not knowing Dalvin Cook was going to be there in the draft. They had to make a move just in case. And same scenario. They, you know, they signed Mike Davis not knowing what was going to happen in the draft. This is why we talked about it on the show a few weeks ago is I find it odd that football is the only sport that does it backwards. Why don't they have the draft and then free agency? But in any case, point aside, I just I think it's going to be a big season. And the team's already said that they're thinking about scaling back Tariq Cohen, which is surprising because it's not like he was getting a ton of touches. I think you so saw it towards the end of the last season. I mean, they hardly used him in the playoffs against the Eagles team who yeah. struggled big time to stop running backs who could catch. So, yeah, I think you I think you already started to see that Tariq Cohen downfall. So let's talk Brad's. And I'll get, I want your opinion too, Chris, on this one because I, you know this. Everybody that's listened to this show up to this point, if you're new to the show, you don't. But if you're up to this point, you know it's been two-on-one, Brad and I versus Chris, this entire offseason, Damian Williams, Damian Williams, Damian Williams, we've all been RB1s. Chris has been like, ah, I don't know, you guys are stupid, stuff like that. <laughs> and then we get to this point, and Brad's still team Damian Williams. Chris is still team not. We had this discussion earlier. I'm team I, I've got a pain in my butt because I'm straddling the fence. I don't know what to do anymore. Like, I mean, that's the truth. I yeah. just don't know what to do anymore. I can see a scenario where Brad is right. I see a scenario where LaShawn McCoy is nothing more than what Carlos Hyde is going to be, and that's the backup plan who sees four, five, six touches a game. And I also will 100% admit, because part of our argument has been that Damian Williams doesn't need 20 touches. He can carry the ball 12 to 14 times and sprinkle in another four to five receptions and have 16, 18, 19 like touches per game and still be an RB1 because he's in the Chiefs offense. However, when you hear that both have starting ability, both are going to be in the mix, I start to worry that this might be the first time we've seen in a long time, Chris, that this might be Andy Reid not going with a main guy and actually splitting the backfield, which is something he doesn't normally do. And I'm just starting to get a little bit concerned. Yeah, 
should be. (laughs) (laughs) So let let me, let me try to justify this based off an Andy Reid quote that he made in that same press conference where he said, look, Damien's a starter, but I also view LaShawn as a starter or whatever. However, that quote was later on. He said, they, they asked him, you know, how did you feel when you got the call Saturday that you and LaShawn McCoy would be reunited? And in the middle of this quote, he says, he knows I'm not going to pull any punches with him. He's going to get work and he has to learn the offense. But I've been very honest with him about Damian and how good of a football player he is. So I think it's a great situation for both of them and for the team. I think McCoy walked into this knowing he is at, at, at the, the second running back going into the situation. And I don't think that changes based on, you know, especially early in the season as he's trying to learn a, a very complicated playbook because Reed said a lot of stuff has changed since McCoy was in Philly as far as the terminology. And he's going to have to relearn all that and there will be a learning curve. And I think at that point, Damien has a chance to, to you know, put himself in a position to where he has been productive enough in the first few games. There's no way they're going to go in and uproot the ship. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I just I don't want to sound like a broken <laughs> record here with Damian Williams. Like to me, he's the easiest bust like to to identify in the first couple rounds. Like, yeah, he's going a little bit later because of LaShawn McCoy. But I've been on record to say this, and people listening, and even you too. Like, it, it may seem annoying at this time, and and sitting here and saying that he's, you know, that he's never had more than fifty carries in a season, that he's never had, you know, he's only had twenty once in his in his life. And I, I get the whole situation. I agree with a lot of what you guys have said over the past few weeks. Is that he doesn't need you know, 15 touches in this offense to be productive. We just saw how good he was in this offense. I think LaShawn McCoy, I think, yeah, I think LaShawn McCoy can finish better than him this season. And I, and I wouldn't be shocked. I would not be shocked at the end of the season. If we are looking at fantasy points and these guys were actually pretty close, maybe not RB ones, because it's really tough to, you know, turn out two RB ones on one team that they were just maybe end of Maybe they're just RB2s, low-end RB2s, or, or high-end RB3s. Like, I just wouldn't be shocked. I think LaShawn McCoy, even at his age, is better than Damian Williams. Maybe he doesn't have that same burst anymore, but I think he's a better running back. I think he's going to be fine to pick up this playbook with Andy Reid. Yeah, it's going to take some time. But I wouldn't be shocked if we're sitting here having this conversation in a month. Maybe we're heading into the end of September, early October, week four, week five, and we're like, hey, <laughs> LaShawn McCoy is now getting 65% of the snaps or 65% of the touches. I just would not be shocked. He's my easy fade bust Williams I, I'm pretty excited about LaShawn McCoy and you know I and again I said this the other day I think Chief fans should be as well I think he's I think he has a higher ceiling no so in about eight weeks so you were also going to be sitting here saying see Chris you're stupid and this is why we hate you <laughs> probably sitting here both guys are hurt we're actually talking about Darwin Thompson being productive in this offense who knows like it's it's a, and that's the it's thing. a great offense Darwin Thompson is still going to be the third down back I don't think McCoy takes that role away from him I think McCoy gives gives Williams some breather occasionally um maybe gets you know some some goal line work just to take some thumps off of him but I I I see this being more like a a 60-20-20 split where Damian Williams is getting 60. Shady's going to cut yeah. into that big time. Yeah, well, we definitely... We'll we see pretty early, yeah. We'll see this. soon. Are you guys going to make a dollar bet? Because, I mean, it seems... Yeah, like let's make a dollar soon. bet. There you go. Uh, wow, where, what are the parameters of this? Because this is going to be... A, this, no, this is easy. He has to finish 12.5, higher or lower. There you go. Oh. RB1 or not. Touches? Oh, no, where like fancy no, just RB RB one. Okay, I'll fancy, do that. Fancy production. Twelve point yes, five. Just turn my Canadian loony into a dollar twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> Exchange rate. No, he's gonna get. He's gonna get. Yeah. Yeah. Seventy-five cents no, by the time the conversion rate. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh. Tax it before it comes across the border. I don't know. Although, hey, Brad's familiar with crossing the border. He could just bring it to you. That's you right. Stand in, stand in line for seven yeah, hours. Stand for seven, we'll seven we'll meet in the woods in Minnesota somewhere. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> hand, so, hand the dollar across the fence. I think you guys, yeah, I, if anybody at this point, you might be able to guess my MVP. I think. Yeah. Running back. Josh it's, Jacobs. Yeah. There you the go. other rookie. <laughs> yeah. I think you guys think at this point need to. He's still the fact that he's going to the third round, and I've even admitted and said it might be a first tough game or two because the schedule doesn't open up very nicely for the Raiders. And similar to what I've said about Geis, who although is a second year, and Miles Sanders is just be patient. And if anything, do one of like actually in my buy low sell highs. It actually put this. This is what I started last year after a lot of requests in the rankings. I already have some for week one. And I put Darius Geis and Miles Sanders as in sell highs because the hype has gotten to the point where it's now 
they see him as what I see as the full season potential right now. And I think these first few weeks for both of them, Adrian Peterson, Jordan Howard, are going to be in the mix and frustrate people. So I would sell high, come back in two or three weeks, and then buy low when people are frustrated and as this tide is starting to shift. For Josh Jacobs, the tide's not going to shift. I mean, he's going to be the guy from day one. And you guys know how I feel. The, the truth is, it's 300 touches, and it's 300 touches for a very, very talented running back. And I have no problem with that. So that's that's where I'm looking at with Josh Jacobs. All right, so maybe a little bit different, you know, because you can – it should be different. Uh, Brad, you get to go first on this one. Your breakout fantasy player this season. Okay, so my breakout fantasy player is Chris Godwin. Um, I, I think I'm going to go out on a limb, or at least I, what I feel like is a limb. I've owned him on all my teams for like six months, Brad. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to go out on a limb and say <laughs> that he outscores Mike Evans this year. And, okay, and that's, that's, that's definitely bold. Yeah. So I, I think there's a there's a legit chance that happens with, just with sheer volume, and I think he becomes an RB one or a wide receiver one at the end of the season, or at least knocking on that door. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. Like I I thought about that as well, having conversations with the you know a few people that I play fantasy with for years, is that at least he could have more catches than him. Like Evans only had 86 catches. Like Evans has turned out the yards a thousand in every year. But I would not be shocked if Godwin had more receptions than Mike Evans. So, I mean, I like that call. I think he's in for a breakout, too. I mean, everybody is on him in the fantasy community, but I think it's warranted. Like, everyone should be. It's a great situation. The team is awful. They're going to be throwing the ball a lot. And the offensive line is brutal as well. So, it's quick yes. passes. Yeah, lots, of, I lots love, of passes from points. I love Godwin as much as anybody. I have him in my top 20. I, I still think that's a hot take. I'm taking it is a hot take. Chris Costa. It is a hot take. And, hey, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just I definitely think you're not. You're probably one of the few select people who are saying that. As much as there are a lot of Godwin fans out there, that's that's interesting. I I'm gonna make sure that we remember this show and we always go back and talk Ooh. about. It. Actually, Chris and I have done a really good job of that. Going back and referencing like picks we made. Yeah, we'll, like we'll hold and, ourselves accountable. Accountable. Yeah, we always yeah. do. Yeah, for sure. All right. So yeah. who's your breakout, Chris? So I'll go. That's a great one. I had him on my short list. I figured he'd come up today. Um, I like D.D. Westbrook. I, I think D.D. Westbrook is in for uh, a big season. And, and Jake, we liked him this time last year. We were talking about him. We knew actually, was it two years ago? We were yeah, it was two years ago. We were talking about him and he started the season on the IR. And we were saying just to stash him. We liked his we liked his opportunity, his upside. And then last year, his his first full year in the NFL, I think he can top what he did. He had 66 catches, 717 yards. I don't really believe in a whole lot of people in this Jacksonville offense, but I, I believe in Nick Foles to to make good decisions and you know at least not turn the ball over as much as Blake Bortles. And I think D.D. Westbrook is in a is in a nice situation in Jacksonville. I don't know a team that wants to run the football, but we've already seen a little bit of rapport. John DeFilippo is very familiar with Nick Foles having him in Philadelphia playing to his strength. We've seen that over the past couple of years in Philly. So I think D.D. Westbrook will. I'm not saying he's going to finish as a wide receiver one. He's not getting drafted as a two, but I wouldn't be shocked if he finished there in a full PPR league. Uh, hey, Nando's smiling somewhere. That's one of those, nice. hey, you know, like the, your, your <laughs> ears ring. Your, and to say a two, uh, we'll say I have him at 22, Chris. Is that, does that oh, sound good to you? Or that is sounds, it possibly that's, to... No, that sounds great. Like, to finish any higher than 22, I mean, that would – I think he would – you'd put a check mark next to Breco because he's not so getting drafted there. So I got scoffed – like, I got scoffed at when I said this, and I want to get both of your guys' opinion because I think you guys will understand more than the scoff that I got. I said he's Antonio Brown light. Not because I don't want to call him poor man's because I think poor man's is disrespectful. Like, poor man, you're kind of like throwing shade. Yeah. And I said he's Antonio Brown light. As in, he's not Antonio Brown. He's the, he, But he's similar skill set, and he's Antonio Brown light. And wide receiver 22 and not wide receiver 2, <laughs> he's Antonio Brown light. And I think that's a good way to compare D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, I think it is too. I mean, I think he's a crisp route runner. I think he's got solid hands. He's he's pretty explosive after the catch too. And I, I just don't know if people are really aware of him seeing in Jacksonville how brutal that offense has been, you know, lately. So I think this is somebody we'll be talking about a lot this year. Okay. What do you thoughts, Brad? Nothing? Uh, no, I, I mean, I like D.D. Westbrook. I don't have him quite as high as you. I've got him 29. But, I, I mean, I definitely think Still he's the best range. receiver. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think he's the best receiver on that team. And I, I'm just not buying into the fact that Nick Foles is going to make a massive difference in that offense. I, I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he's great. And so 
And it, their, their strategy, if Leonard Fournette is healthy, they're not going to be throwing the ball 30 times a game. Like it's, they're, they're, that's not their game plan because they're about defense and control and everything. It's not a, not a high fast pace offense. Uh, you know, he's not really a gunslinger. So I think he will be decent, but I like Foles is not a guy I want to start as a fantasy quarterback and Westbrook. I just don't, I don't see being higher than a wide receiver three. Hmm. All right. Well, it sounds like we're gonna have like a lot of bets on the show so far. So, all right, my breakout. <laughs> this is good. This is what we want. Yeah. My breakout. There's a lot of breakouts I want to put on here, but I'm gonna go with another wide receiver. Another wide receiver who I have two spots behind D.D. Westbrook, sandwiched between Tyler Boyd and Cooper Cup. For everybody out there, for reference, that haven't been able to look or check the link, and that's Christian Kirk. And people know how I feel about Christian Kirk, and I think people have all too quickly forgotten how good Christian Kirk was as a rookie in a terrible offense with a terrible quarterback and just terribleness around a period. And then he got hurt. And because of when he got hurt, I think, like I said, I think people forgot that he was a rookie and he was really good as a rookie for what he was dealt. And I know you talk about this offense this year. And if it's anything, what people expect it to be, like even if it's 80% of what people hope it can be, Christian Kirk is the number one wide receiver in this class. He actually might be too low at the end of the season if this offense is anything of what we potentially think it could be. Yeah, it could it could actually be pretty good. I mean, the defense is not going to be good this year. It this is going to be a fascinating team to watch, right? Rookie coach, well, the defense is going to be miserable. rookie quarter. Yeah, it's going to be brutal. The offensive line is awful too. But but Kyler can. We all know what he's capable of. At least you know this is going to be a transition period for him. Obviously, even right off the get go, week one, like laugh about the lines all you want, but they can dial up some pressure, and it's it's going to be adjustment period for him moving around. But the fact that he can, he's so elusive, and he's going to be able to take those shots downfield. This is a good call by you. Yeah, Kirk. I mean, he started really slow, but you could see the skill set last year, and he dealt with Josh Rosen and just a brutal offensive. <laughs> everything about Arizona last year was just pl- from the play calling like to everything. Rosen didn't was, get a really fair yeah. shake. I mean, the offense in general was – I mean, they were asking David Johnson to run off center. Exactly. So it's – yeah, there's going to be – this is going to be more of um, an appealing and explosive offense. Nothing, Brad. I mean, you're supposed to come, you're supposed to like chime in and be like, "Hey, your pick sucks, or it's awesome." Like, he's hey. right down. He's right down to dollar bets. I yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to keep track of all this stuff. No, I I mean, I, I I don't know. I am on the fence. I guess I I like Kirk in the sense of like you know early in the summer. I I'm a little nervous about the fact that he didn't play with Kyler Murray very much in preseason, and I'm not sure that they have quite that that chemistry early in the year that I would want to see. For a guy that I feel like is just going to go nuts. Um, I do think the volume opportunity is there. Um, you're right. He was the best receiver on that team last year. And, you know, I, I think a lot of people are, are still a little high on Larry Fitzgerald than, than I would want to be. I, I think the guys, I, the fact that they listed Michael Crabtree as a starter um, on, on their depth chart they released last night. T- tells a, a lot for me that they 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 are yeah they are very much and they're they we what we haven't seen this preseason is them running the four wide that they will run almost all all season long I mean they let Ricky Seals Jones go they have no plans for a tight end they're going to run four wide whether it's Trent Sherfield as the fourth or you know Keyshawn Johnson Keyshawn Johnson yeah like whoever whoever it could be Andy Isabella might get in there at some point but right now he looks to be like just buried and and he's buried by a lot of guys that you know no one expected to be anything fantasy wise. So that concerns me a little bit for him this year. Christian Kirk is without question the most talented receiver on this team. And so if the volume is there and if the offense is good, he could definitely be there. I just don't know that he has that chemistry yet. And and so I I've got him. I like Kirk a lot. I've got him as an as a let's see where I got him twenty six. So just barely into the two the spot, wide yeah, receiver three spots behind me. Jeez, it sounds like yeah. you like him a lot, Brad. Yeah, I know. So I, <laughs> I, I just like I like him in the sense that like I don't I don't see I, I saw I've seen people that have him as high as 16 Ooh. and I, I don't see that. So it's it's you know, I, I definitely think that's in his range of outcomes, but I just don't see that being the case. Um, and so, you know, where but where he's being drafted, I mean, seventh round, eighth round, wherever he's at right now. Like, yeah, that, that's there's an up a ton of upside there for sure. All right. So bust, Chris. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not picking Juju. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is tough. I try, I'm trying to pick a big name, and I there's a couple people that I that I don't love, and it's it's not fair. Like I I really do like Dalvin Cook, and I want him to play a lot this season. I just I have some concerns that you know he's missed 21 games in his last two years, but I'll I'll, I'll direct my bus at Todd Gurley. 
and and director busted. Yeah, that yeah. <laughs> does sound like pretty crazy. Yeah. Hey, let's write to get that quote down. So yeah, so we'll record. <laughs> we'll get that one later. Snip that one. Um, you know, it, it, Todd Gurley. I, I and this is almost like when we're talking about Damian Williams. Like if you guys think Damian Williams can be productive in that offense with ten touches, ten to twelve touches, like Todd Gurley certainly could be as well. I mean, it is the Rams after all. And, and Sean McVay, and everyone's already counting out Sean McVay because everybody has just figured him out. Like, he's had the whole offseason to make some adjustments. Let's, let's not count out Sean McVay. Let's remember how much we loved him a couple years ago. But I just have some concerns with Todd Gurley and his knee. I mean, this is somebody who was only able to touch the ball 11 times in the Super Bowl in the biggest game of his life. And he had a couple weeks off, and they rested him down the stretch. So he may come out strong to start the season, but he's going to be one of, I think, the biggest sell-high candidates. I think maybe McVay's like, let's fade the noise. Let's let's Gurley's gonna come out week one against Carolina. He's gonna touch the ball 15, 17 times. Yeah, we'll prove to you he's healthy, but I just don't feel like he is. And I think over You've been time talking to Pat Mayo. No, I haven't been talking about Pat Mayo. All Mayo wants to talk to me about is Mark Ingram because I'm the oh, only no. one that likes oh, Mark yeah, Ingram. No, we talked about it on the show too. I just I, that was funny because I did the ranking show with him yesterday. Oh, did you just he, talk I, this? He actually, no, he's that's that was his exact point. He goes. Isn't there a scenario where they come out and they're like, no, Todd Gurley is fine. Watch. We'll prove it to you. <laughs> yeah, and he was okay. talking about DraftKings' point of, like, if there's any week to use Todd Gurley, yeah, it's week one it where is. he could get, like, two touchdowns and then he's an immediate sell high. Agreed. I agree with that take 100%. Yeah, Pat's a smart guy. Um, I, I mean – there's been talk about scaling it back. McVeigh has said that Henderson hasn't looked good at all through a preseason, and we've had conversations on the show about Malcolm Brown, possibility of him, you know, taking a, a step forward, and they wanted to keep him around. So that's all very possible. And you know, I think Gurley is out of all the top ten running backs, he checks off for me as as the one guy who you know could disappoint this season. Unfortunately, I don't want to see it. He's been so good over the past couple of years. It's just he's got a bad knee. Yeah, and, and when he plays, he's still elite. It's just a matter of at some point, is that knee going to swell up and all of a sudden he's out for a couple weeks or a few weeks? And it's that's you know that's a big concern. And that's hard to project at the end of the year it because is. when you're trying to figure out where is he going to finish, well, you know what? Like if he plays eight weeks, he could still be an RB2 just based on the production in those eight weeks. So I, I'm with you. I, I went, I, I've got... Two possible bus candidates, but one of them one of them is solely to troll Jake because I'm using Josh <laughs> Jacobs as a bus. Where he was drafted, I I've got Jacobs finishing as he was a drafted in the third or fourth round. I was I, I was I've so close to getting him yesterday as taking Zeke first overall. That's how crazy it was. I've got him finishing as the number twenty five running back, and I just I don't see the volume there. I'm not saying it has nothing to do with Gruden and and you know the the Cadillac Williams analogy you want to make all the time, but I it, it has more to do with me that I don't think the Raiders are that good and I don't think there will be enough volume for him even if he's basically the only guy in the backfield to get 300 touches in a year because they're if they're doing they're going to have to be giving him those touches when they're down by 25 in games and I just don't see yeah, that I happening I don't, I don't see them being down by that much I think this is your Kansas City they are terrible them. no they do with the Chiefs like the Chargers are way better I think the Broncos are better than the than the Raiders are and I just I feel like this team well, that's not a hot very, take. No, but they're I mean that no one gives the Broncos anything. I mean Joe Flacco, you're gonna take Joe Flacco seriously? Like they're yes, but I, I actually just, even said that. No, no, hold on. I even said that in the column this time. I said like enough about the joking about Joe Flacco and taking him seriously. Like he's better than Eli Manning. I mean he's gonna be productive for this. Much. Well, no, right, I know, but, but no, no one has taken Joe Flacco over Derek Carr in any draft. No, but at the same time, would Joe Flacco finishing ahead of Derek Carr surprise me? Absolutely not. He's done it before. I, as much as we can joke Joe Flacco is not deserving the contract and being elite and all that stuff about winning the Super Bowl and all that type of stuff, the truth is, is when he's been out there, he's put up numbers before, and he's got talent, and that was my point, is that he can do enough to have both Cortland Sutton and Emmanuel Sanders, who is just a freak of nature, all of a sudden putting up good numbers this season. And that was the point of the article is the fact that like sure. people, it was in the waivers. It was the talking about the Cortland Sutton being underrated. Actually, he was a sleeper this week too. Is Cortland Sutton's being overlooked, but I understand what you're saying. But in any case, yeah, um, I, I just don't think the Raiders' defense is good enough. I think they're going to be having. I think to play, they've made catch up, play shootout, and 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 we'll see. I guess time will tell. But I, 
No, no, watch, look, they're not watching them watching them in practice. They can't even like outside of Antonio Brown, they can't even cover their own receivers. And no, it's just that's so it, it's that's, awful. That's I'm not saying they're going to slow down the Chiefs or anything like that, but I, for the point of thinking that they're going to be down like 30 nothing every single game, I, that's that's just all I'm pushing back on. But you guys know where I'm going. I'm doing a double tap because they're the same exact player at different positions. It's Amari Cooper and Jared Cook, who will never touch my team. Will never, ever, 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 ever touch my team. The only time I've ever owned Amari Cooper was week nine one season when the guy was so annoyed and frustrated. I was like, yeah, I'll take him for some dude I'm willing to drop because you're so annoyed and frustrated. Like, that's the point. Like, again, at the end of the season, if healthy, which is already concerned with Amari Cooper because he's talking up his own injury, which we always know how that turns out. But... If healthy, Mari Cooper will probably finish as a top 15 wide receiver. The problem is it's going to be so exceptionally volatile with 20 and 30 point games and then a bunch of twos and threes that I don't want him on my fantasy team. And that's a bust in my opinion because he's probably losing you more games than he's winning you. Same thing with Jared Cook. The only way that Jared Cook is not a bust is if he turns into Jimmy Graham. But I don't think at this point of Drew Brees' career in this offense when they don't pass as much as they used to and the fact that Taysom Hill is now also along with Josh Hill and the rest of the options that he has that he still throws to in the red zone, I just don't see Jared Cook being that much more consistent than he was with the Raiders. So both of those guys, both former Raiders, both mm. just – that probably makes you feel good, Brad. But let's get to. We got. <laughs> well, there's no way so Cook could repeat I, that season. When I said I, yeah. yeah. Well, when I said I had a two way a two way deal, Amari Cooper was my other one. Yeah, like I'm yeah, completely yeah. out on him. So I, you explained it perfectly. He's yeah, we're I don't all want the same page with, with Cooper. Yeah, I was going to say, but so let's uh, kind of pick up the pace here. Well, these will be the easy ones. These are just, we're going to pick real NFL picks for you guys real quick and then get into some strategy for as you start your season. We want to make sure we get to that. Uh, we'll go backwards real quick. Or no, we'll go frontwards. We'll go frontwards, but we're going to skip. We're not doing all the playoffs. Just AFC Championship game, NFC Championship game, Super Bowl. Chris, in your opinion, who's doing it this year? Uh, okay. Um, NFC Championship game, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Saints and the Eagles and then <laughs> and then over on the other side I got I got KC and no sorry I got the Chargers and New England again jeez it sucks to always pick New England like it really does what's, what's the Super Bowl and then my Super Bowl I got the Saints and the Chargers in my Super Bowl and you know what I they're mean. gonna have to get Melvin Gordon on their squad to make me feel a little bit better I I, I know that they can cruise through the season without you Melvin Gordon Super Bowl pick last year yeah I, I I knew you had the Chargers in there last year um yeah I it was it was Saints over Chargers last year that was yeah. my Super Bowl and it, pick. It, you know you were close I mean the Saints should have got in there at least the Chargers are gonna have to figure out a way to finally beat New England they never can I know maybe maybe KC finally takes care of New England maybe something like that happens where they don't have to play them I even though I have them facing each other but I mean I really like this well, Chargers spoiler, squad we've liked them for a couple I'm of years with you because until somebody stops them I kind of feel like you got to keep taking them but anyway right. so who do you who do you have winning the Super Bowl I got the Saints winning the Super Bowl this year Okay. They're my squad. So, yeah. By the way, I just noticed while I was pulling this up, the Bills, the Ravens, and the Giants were the only teams to go undefeated in the preseason. But just for how important. Oh, yeah. Wow, okay. But, <laughs> Three elite like, teams right there. Yeah. <laughs> Changing my predictions. Uh, Brad, who are you going with? All right. So I'm going to take the Chiefs over the Ravens in the oh, what a shock. title game. Yeah, I know. I know. You wish you were playing and the Ravens in there. I will take the Saints over – I'll go over the Bears in the in the NFC and I'm gonna take the Chiefs over the Saints in the Super Bowl. Nah, what a shock. That would be a that would be a I'd like to see that Super Bowl. <laughs> if I could like that's the thing. If I could sign up for a Super Bowl like that or even like the Chiefs Rams again from yes. last year that we saw. Yes. Just something along that line. So all right. I have a very similar one to what we've done so far. I, I just the spoilers. I'm doing the Saints. I'm doubling down. I had the Saints win the Super Bowl last year. I'm doing it again because mm. I still what the scenario, narrative or not, I, I still think Saints win Super Bowl. Drew Brees goes home, retires, and then checks out as like the John Elway. And I think that's a perfect scenario. And whether I want that to be true because I want the narrative, I don't care. I'm going with it again. So I'm kind of backtracking because we're all taking the Saints, and it's interesting that they're all in there at some point. But Saints beating. I hate to say it, but he just signed, and the Cowboys' defense is just wow. Like it's it's taking that step forward year after year after year. And you look at this team, and you tell me where the hole is at this point. I mean, maybe tight end with Jason Witten being seven hundred and fifty years old. I don't know, but 
I think that I I like your Eagles pick. I like the Bears. I like the Vikings and the Packers. There are a lot. Yeah, of Yeah, can we just say NFC. how many good teams there are in the NFC? There's a. Ton. I mean, the entire NFC South. It, I mean, if, if Bruce Arians turns the offense into the what the offense could be, the entire NFC South has like playoff contention there. But I'm gonna say the Saints beat the Cowboys, and then in the AFC, I'm with you, Chris. I can't I can't not pick the Patriots, and I hate to do it, but I'm gonna take the Patriots. I'm gonna take the Patriots actually. If the Chargers' offensive line wasn't so miserable, I might take them. So I'm actually going to say the Patriots beat the Chiefs. So yeah. there you go. Patriots. Sadly. I mean, they just have that cakewalk of a division. You know that they're going to play that. They're going to get that bye. They're going to get that <laughs> first get home. home. Yeah, exactly. It's just – I know it's so annoying for people to sit here and listen to this again, but we've been saying it for a few years, and we haven't been wrong about it. So it's just – yeah, until – I like what Miami has done. We, we hardly talk about that off – for a second, but I like the fact that, you know, Jake, you had said they're full Brown mode. Yeah. Do it because at some point Brady is going to retire and they are going to go through a little bit of a rebuild mode, whether you believe Belichick's going to be there or not. The Bills and the Jets are on the rise. So Miami getting all these picks. I mean, maybe in five years, this division is up for grabs again. It's just hard not to pick three, up. They could be yeah, the two, two or three the makes a lot more sense. Brady finally goes away. And yeah. maybe Belichick leaves with him. I, honestly, if Belichick's still there, I wouldn't count the No, you can't. You, you can't. Not in that division. All right. So let's talk a little strategy as we get into the season. We'll finish off with that for today for everybody out there. Uh, a couple questions that I see every single year that I wanted to bring up and things to talk about. And one is, and I'm going to skip ahead, kind of something that I told you guys we were going to talk about. But in general, it's there's tough matchups, and there's tough matchups in week one. And I listed five of them. And we have the Packers at the Bears on Thursday night, as everybody knows. That's the opening game for the season. You have Brad's Chiefs at the Jaguars to start things. The Titans at the Browns defense, which the Titans are there for two reasons, not just the bad matchup, but the quarterback position has been god-awful so far. The Falcons are at the Vikings. You guys mentioned the Matt Ryan scenario in my rankings. And then the Bengals, which, again, another team that has a ton of problems going on, but at the Seahawks. So this kind of loops into a question I want to ask you guys as what we see every single year is, start your studs has become cliche. And in my rankings article, I said it's become cliche because it is something we need to hammer home every single year. If you drafted somebody in the first five rounds, it's really hard to find any scenario where you should bench said player. There was a reason you took them in the first five rounds because they're among the best players in the league that most of the times the matchup doesn't matter. And at nine out of 10 times where the matchup might stop them the one time, like to this point, we're not benching Tyreek Hill. We're, we're not. Nobody is, unless you're an idiot. Like, you're not. And, yes, maybe Jalen Ramsey shuts him down and he gets two for 30. But more often than not, Tyreek Hill is going to put up a fantasy performance, maybe not worthy of what wide receiver won, but worthy of starting at the very least. And that's the point. That's the first five rounds you're drafting these players for the upside that they have, but also that their floor is still always starter caliber. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, Brad knows this. The Chiefs rolled the Jags last year. I know it was early in the season and, and some things have changed and Jacksonville was maybe not in the right mindset. A lot was going on with them, but yeah, there was Actually, all that. That's I think that's when it turned bad for Jacksonville. They were three and one and playing pretty well when they came to Kansas City, and they left like even I forget the defensive back who it was. He's not on the roster anymore, but he he made a comment like I've never seen play calling like that. Like basically, they had no plan. They had no idea how to stop that offense, and and I I don't like. I don't know that their their defense is basically the same, you know, minus their their middle linebacker retiring in the middle of the you know the middle of the offseason kind of un, unexpectedly, but it's basically the same defense and and they've got to come up with an answer for it. Yeah, they've had all summer to prepare and try to you know you give um, you know defensive mind a few months to prepare for for the offense, but at the same time Andy Reid's had a few months to prepare for for Week One against Jacksonville. So yeah, just looking at the game log right now and and Ramsey was chirping Tyree Kill like trying to make owners scared not playing him. I mean he he had six catches for sixty one yards, like not fantastic, but you're not you're not going to sit that guy. You're not going to sit a guy that you drafted in the first round or early second and maybe he's your wide receiver one. You play him because the upside is there. All right. Yeah, so... I mean you mix a touchdown in in that if he happens to get a touchdown, then all of a sudden he is a wide receiver one that week. Yeah. So for that strategy, is there any scenario where you consider, hey, you know what? There are cases where it's bad enough. Like Tyler Boyd, is he like, let's go to that. Is that in the conversation? Is that one for you? Uh, where, I would hey. play Boyd. I would play Boyd. I know it's not, it's not a great matchup, but, um, you know, the offensive line is, is not great in Cincy, but I would play Boyd. No AJ there. You figure he's going to come away with, 
he could come away with double-digit targets in this game. I know it's not a, a, a great matchup, but, like, looking at just the games that you've highlighted, like, I would play Boyd over, say, Corey Davis because you alluded to the poor quarterback play in Tennessee, and I agree with you. Right now, it just does not look good for the Titans' offense, Marcus Mariota. Like, I would play Derrick Henry, but there is a scenario that I paint out in my head where maybe the Browns get up early in this game. You know, it's in Cleveland, all that hype. Maybe they do come out with a couple touchdowns in their first three drives, and all of a sudden, what does Tennessee do? Do they do they all of a sudden, week one, get away from riding Derrick Henry? Can Henry get 20 carries in this game when they're playing catch-up already? So, um, I'm kind of out on this offense in general. So, those are a couple. I would play Henry. I'm not saying not to, but I, w- I could see a scenario where Deion Lewis leads his team and catches week one. You know what I mean? So, like, I would play Boyd over a guy like uh, Corey Davis, just as an example. Yeah, and just look at game flow. Like, uh, Seattle's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Everybody kind of expects them to win that's going to be tough at home. Like, they're going to have to throw the ball to keep, to stay in this game just because they're probably going to be trailing at some point. So, a- at that point, Tyler Boyd might just get peppered a- against a, you know, a potential prevent defense late in this game. Like, the everybody needs to realize how important some of these garbage-time points can be. Like, that's that that can take Tyler Boyd from a wide receiver three to a low end wide receiver one. If he, he might end up with eight or 10 catches in week one. All right. So another strategy and another situation that we hear for this type of thing is kind of what we're dipping into to a degree, but it's roster construction as a whole of, you know, do I start the guy who could Deshaun Jackson go, you know, 15 or nothing, or do I just build my best lineup? Because sometimes people will look at the opponent's lineup and base their decisions on facing their opponent, and that's that's a tough call to make for some people. Yeah, it is. Deshaun Jackson is a great example, um, especially when he plays inside this division, whether he's been a member of the Eagles or the Redskins. He just seems to have good games in the NFC East. Maybe that's just because the defense is so poor in the secondaries. But, <laughs> yeah, I would just play I would play safety. I wouldn't get caught up too much in looking at your opponent, but I would, I would play, you know – I'd play it safe. I don't know if I would start Deshaun Jackson this week. I know he's playing. He's got the the bum finger. He's playing with the splint, but I would I would play it safe week one. Um, you know, I don't I don't even know where you have Jackson Jake in your rankings. He obviously has the upside to be a wide receiver three, but I, I don't feel comfortable rolling him out as my third wide out this this week. Nothing, Brad. He doesn't agree. He's oh, I I thought I thought he said Jake. Like, so I my apologies. Um, no, I, I'm not rolling Deshaun Jackson out week one, but at the same time, like he, he, to me is the, is a, well, no, it's not, it's not so much to, it's not so much Deshaun Jackson as much as it is of, of going for the upside. Yeah. Like a Will Fuller is Fuller playing this week. Like Metcalf seems to be playing like, well, no, 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 yeah, yeah, it's, it's more the strategy behind it of if you're going to like try and be like, Oh, I got to score the most possible points instead of just starting your best players. Right, and so that, that's what I'm saying. I think those guys, to me, are, are bi-week replacements. That's what they're on your roster to be because in that week where one of your studs has a bye week you throw them in there and hope that they go off. And But that, that's not a – I mean, none of those guys are guys that I want to put in my lineup every single week and, and just trust that they're going to – you know, I want guys – with some upside, but also a pretty safe floor on a week-to-week basis, especially early in the season, uh, because it, you know we can we can project all we want. And the bottom line is, no one knows how anything's going to play out week one, and that's why, like even in like survivor pools, like week one and two are the hardest weeks to get through. It's like just get through those two weeks, and then you've got a legit shot to go for a ways in, in those things because you have no idea. You we haven't got to see the starters enough in the preseason to know exactly how it's going to shake out. All right, so fair enough. Let's continue. Last one here. Your guys' thoughts on rostering two quarterbacks? Because I put out a tweet earlier this week, and I said if you have a top 12 quarterback, you don't really need a second one because you're just going to start that guy every single week, and you're going to give yourself a headache. If you're sitting there with a perfect example, somebody tweeted me and said, hey, I own Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. I got to trade for Cam Newton. Should I blah, blah, blah? I said, I don't even care what it is. As long as the starter-worthy caliber top 30 wide receiver, top 25, 30 running back, just do it because otherwise you're giving yourself a headache anyway. And then sometimes you're going to pick the wrong matchup anyway. And it's like, just, I'd rather not deal with that. However, if you're kind of on that low end where maybe your first quarterback is Kyler Murray and you want to double team and say, you know what? He could potentially be great. He could potentially bomb out and I'll pair him with Jameis Winston or, you know, even you've dipped down even a little bit further. I don't have a problem with that. So what are you guys thoughts on the two quarterbacks? Because there's the argument as well, Chris, that last year, well, if I did two quarterbacks and stash Patrick Mahomes, it look what would happen. But, you know, yeah. again, Patrick Mahomes was once in 
a literally literal generation. Yeah, I mean, it, it that happens in. I, I think you play your league. Like last year, I I drafted Mahomes in the eighth round, and I felt that way that maybe I should back him up, and I I backed him up later, and then I realized pretty early that I that I didn't need to. But it, it does depend on on your format in your league. Like if I, somebody sent me their team the other day, and they had, I think they. I think they had Breeze and Goff, and I and that's what I had told him. I was like, "Listen, you're just going to be in tough situations to play these guys. Like, sure, maybe you want to roll out Breeze every time he's at home, and then you roll out somebody else and and at the back end. But let me see your your quarterback. Like, let me see your waiver wire and who's there. And then it's like, oh well, Big Ben's there, Philip Rivers is there, Dak, her cousins, Trubisky, Josh Allen. Like, there's guys that you could pick up in case anything happens. But if you're playing in a league where guys are actually drafting two quarterbacks, then maybe you want to go that route because you look at your waiver wire and there's only okay, there's Dak and there's Trubisky, but then there's only like Fitzpatrick or Mariota or Blake Bortles. Then then I think you get into a situation where maybe you do want a second quarterback. But for me personally, I agree with what you said. I just want the one. I don't want to have those tough decisions of which guy I want to play and getting it wrong from week to week. And I'd rather just stash another back or a depth back that could turn it to be something that I don't have to rush the waiver wire and get or a wide receiver that I think, you know, some upside and guy that I like, like Albert Wilson. Like I'd rather take him. Like his ownership in Yahoo is like 5%. Like I'd rather take him, the potential number one in Miami's offense, a team that's going to be throwing rather than rostering Trubisky as my second quarterback. So uh, it, I think it depends on your league, what other guys are doing, but I just like to carry one. Yeah. And I, I completely agree. I I'm, you know, in a, in a normal redraft, not a super flex, not a two quarterback league. Like I I'm all about just one quarterback. Like I, I want those extra guys. You, you hit the nail on the head, Chris. I want those extra guys on my bench, the extra running backs, the extra wide receivers, even maybe like the extra, upside tight end that that might blow up like mark andrews to me is a guy that i i have on a lot of my benches he's not my starting tight end but i think at the end of the year he might blow up and and that's that's a guy that i want to have as opposed to having to throw a bunch of waiver money at during the season whereas i at any point the only way that, that I'm having to go find another quarterback is if either my guy gets hurt or it's a bye week. And for a bye week, I will find one random guy, um, you know, to 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 play, even if it is Ryan Fitzpatrick or Josh Rosen or whatever Dolphins quarterback is starting at that point. I, I'll throw them out there for one week just to to get through that one week and not have to worry about that that bench spot the rest of my team because or the, the rest of the season because it will sort itself out in the first three or four weeks before bye week start, which guys on my bench are not worth having anymore. And then I'm going to have some open roster spots to grab that guy whenever I need him. And I think you'll see over the course of the first few weeks, people who carry two quarterbacks, you'll see that'll be the first person they drop most likely. Like when they go to make a roster decision, like you'll see quarterbacks, you know, go to the waiver wire. The waiver wire will be filled with quarterbacks. Yeah, they always are. But you know, I can understand again. You know, if you're chasing the Kyler Murray's or Lamar Jackson yeah. world and stuff like that, like that's just a, a safety with the upside. Kind of makes a little bit of sense. But nine out of ten times, I want that extra spot for a potential lotto ticket at wide receiver, running back. So before we get out of here, over unders on win totals. Are there anyone out there? Because now that Vegas is adjusted, it's kind of hard to find a lot that you might like. Like a couple months ago. Chicago Bears at 12 felt pretty dang aggressive. Yeah. You, know, you can say, like, the Chargers back then were at 12, and now the Chargers are at 10, the Bears are at 9. I feel like now you can maybe go the over with the Bears. But are there any out there, Chris, that you looked through and said, hey, you know what, I kind of like this now? Or, you know, are you just kind of like, wow, they've they've gotten really tough all of a sudden? Yeah, some of them have. They've adjusted, like you said. Bears at 12, uh, yeah, crazy. Nine, I do. You know my favorite is? Uh, the Dolphins were at seven, and now they're four and a half. <laughs> That's a huge oh, – wow. I mean, Jared Kenny still a big difference there. I mean, yeah, I'd be shocked if they won five games this year, to be honest. I think they're going to be real bad. So it, it is, it's tough to put your money down on an under four and a half, but, you know, it's certainly something that I can get behind. I, I like Dallas. I know you mentioned the Cowboys. I think, you know, I picked the, the Eagles, but I think they're right there as two teams who potentially get ten wins. I know they face each other, but they also face Washington and the Giants twice. Um, they, they have yeah Dallas over nine. Yeah, Dallas over good. nine looks good. Uh, much stronger than taking Philly over ten and a half, for example. I think both of those teams are, are pretty similar, and and you're probably right, Jake, that Dallas is probably more sound, more of a complete squad. So I like Dallas at nine. Um, the the Browns at nine is is I know tempting. we're drinking yeah the the Kool Aid, but <laughs> it's certainly tempting for me. I have them as winning their division, so I think you know from my standpoint that they're going to get to ten wins, and they're going to have to to win that division. So those are, those are certainly two that I, that I like. And 
you know, I'll kind of shy away from everything else. I mean, I think the Vikings can get to 10. That's a number that I don't mind. And I, I you know what? Honestly, looking and this one just caught my eye. I think Jacksonville has a chance to win that division. I think that division is completely up for grabs. It's seven and a half. Seven yeah. and a half. I think that they can get to eight wins. See, and, and Houston, Houston at eight. I think Houston wins that division. And I mean, someone in that yes. division is going to have a better than 500 record. Right. So he, Houston's a team. And I don't see well, it being the Colts. The Colts, got, the Colts at nine and a half. That's yeah, I, pretty I'm high. not buying that one. Well, so hammer I, the under. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hammering the under on that one. But I, I would also. You, I'm not touching that one. Yeah, it, it's, I, it's very I, possible. I think Brissett might be good. Yeah, I, might, I think Brissett might be enough to that that team could still win 10 games. The the one that the team that I picked to win that division to get to, I mentioned this earlier to get to the AFC Championship game um, is the Baltimore Ravens. They're win they've got them at eight. Yeah, I like and that I'm one too. I'm going to take the over on that. Like I think that's a, a 11 12 win team, and so um, I think that's a See, pretty I big can't gap. Do that. to, I can't do that if I think that the Steelers are going to be above 500, and if we have and then you got the we, Browns. Browns winning the division. There's no way I can take the Ravens as well. That's even so as high on, as Lamar Jackson. That you are Lamar like Jackson, I, I mean I don't know it's independent Lamar Jackson you know that and one doesn't have to be but without the other. If he goes out and has a great season and as good as that defense is, then I I no. I mean I just think they're a better than eight win team. Steelers are the busts this year, and then uh, I I could Steelers get behind the Ravens. Yeah, Steelers are going to be. Yeah, so I mean, that's a good I, number, eight and eight. Or there something. is a, in my I mean, that's opinion, what they, that's how many games they won last year, and and they didn't like they lost Antonio Brown. I don't think anyone thinks the Steelers got way better in the offseason. I don't. I think they got worse. No, but I still think they're always good enough to win nine. I don't think they've gotten any much worse that they still can't win nine games. But yeah, that's where we differ on that division. But I'm surprised. What I was going to say is I'm surprised you guys haven't mentioned this. There is an easy, easy, easy under on this list for me, at Denver least in Broncos. my opinion. No, that's not the Denver Broncos. For everybody, the Denver Broncos at seven. I actually think they could go 500 or better. I, again, I think Joe Flacco gets too much crap. It's I've got. I can't believe I've come full circle. I'm now defending Joe Flacco. For all <laughs> like. Good grief. This is like the worst feeling in the world. No, there's one team right below them. The Detroit Lions aren't getting to seven wins. The Detroit oh, Lions yeah, that's are going to be tough to get to five wins. I, I'm surprised the Detroit Lions over-unders at seven. I'm shocked. They won six seven. games last year. Yeah. yeah. But they won six. The Giants are at six. The Raiders are at six. The Bucks are at six and a half. The Redskins are at six and a half. How the hell are the Lions at seven? That's a good one because you, you figure – I'm not huge on the Packers. Like, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but you figure like a healthy Aaron Rodgers this season, maybe they're a little bit better and they figured things out in their backfield from week one where it took so long for Jones well, and then listen, I think the Vikings bounce back as well Vegas this is the one where like I'm like what is Vegas thinking like normally spot on but if you have the Bears Packers and Vikings all at nine wins yeah Lion- how do you have the Lions at seven <laughs> yeah it's a good call very yeah, good call there, by you I mean, there's no way there's what 200 I think there's 256 games in an NFL season these, these numbers add up higher than that. So, like, at some point, they're just going well, solely I, based on – I mean, on... they're doing over-unders for, like, where the money can Here, come let's in. Just do this, let's right. just do the Lions right quick. Arizona, win or loss this week. They could easily lose that game. I actually think – where is it? It's in Arizona. Arizona. Then, they, Arizona. then they got the Chargers loss, in Philly loss, KC loss, by in Green Bay loss, Minnesota loss, Giants toss-up, in Oakland toss-up, in Chicago, in Dallas, in Washington toss-up, Chicago, in Minnesota, Tampa, in Denver, and Green Bay. I don't see seven wins on that schedule. <laughs> no. I see like five. It's a great call. Yeah, I'm writing it down, hammering it. Yeah, Minus I, 125 I, under. Done. I would venture to guess, based on the, these numbers, that the majority of the public bets the over – and and they do it for, for their, like yes. what, Homer, whatever yes. team they want. Yeah, You're so correct. at that at that point, they're they're scaling all these up a little bit, trying to get a lot of those overs to lose, because there's 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 going to be a couple teams in the NFL this year that don't win two or three games. Like they might win one or two games. And, I'm really and, tempted to say the under on the Dolphins at four and a half. Yeah, I agree. The, <laughs> yeah, those, these are gonna be the worst teams, Miami. Oh, let's yeah, see if we can if, do that, that one, happens. Chris. Let's see if we can get four wins for the Dolphins. Here, let's do this. Baltimore, no. New England, no. Dallas, no. Chargers, no. Maybe Redskins at home. So there's a one maybe. maybe. At Buffalo, no. I, I, if it's at Buffalo home when we get to that, that'll be a maybe. At Pittsburgh, no. Jets, no. Colts, no. Buffalo at home. There you go, maybe. At Cleveland, no. Philly, no. At Jets, no. At Giants, maybe. Bengals at home, maybe. At New England, no. I just got four maybes. Four maybes. And it's and yeah. it's all the maybes inside their division, which are not gonna be easy games for them, right? That one Washington and, and Bengals. Yeah, like those are those are ones that maybe that they could win. So I'm, I'm yeah. taking the under the Dolphins too. Yeah, they're com- their <laughs> roster is 
we know what they're doing. They're doing it on purpose. Yeah, yeah they're it's take, complete trash. They're going the Browns. It's no problem. And they're going to go over to Rosen. It's going to, I think, is going to be worse for them. Well, no you know question. how I feel about that. But <laughs> so, so, I'd say two and a half would make me think harder than four and a half. So there you go. I got they two, they I need got to two start Rosen to make sure that they get to a next year or whoever the they feel like the quarterback is because if they nah. start Rosen, they're pretty they're pretty certain they're locking themselves into the number one overall. Josh pick. Rosen wins more games than Fitzpatrick. You know that. Well, no, he better in. win three. Lock it in. <laughs> no, he no just needs to win I two. Yeah, I guess. I don't think Rosen. I don't think Rosen is is an NFL quarterback. I think he's you know I think Blaine Gabbert. That's that's who Josh Rosen that's is. What, that's what people said about Jared Goff after one season. And I don't like Jared Goff. Don't make me defend Jared Goff. I'll slap both of you in the face through this microphone. And, <laughs> and that's fair. I, but I I felt like Rosen was that way coming out of college, and I couldn't believe you know they they gave up what they did to get him. And. And you know what? Pick, I appreciate that take more than the people that after one season of Jared Goff were like, oh, he's – Yeah, it was actually annoying. Thing. I was super annoyed to hear that about Jared Goff. Like, it was just – yeah. I mean, I'm not a Jared Goff fan, but to write the book on somebody for one season – With that who? Ticks Wasn't he with Fisher his first year? Like, Yeah. Yeah. Come that, off. The same thing with Rosen. If you didn't like Rosen coming out of college, fine. Keep your stance. I have no problem. I just said that. I respect that take by Brad. But mm-hmm. if you thought that Josh Rosen, which a lot of people were saying these exact words – He's the most NFL ready of all the quarterbacks in this draft class, and to now close the book on him after one season with that miserable offense that we just talked about a That's few fair. minutes ago. That's fair. It's like I just I I hate when the people flip after one year. Like if you want to say now I'm starting to have questions, fine. Yeah. But to say that he has no potential career after one year, no. It's fair, but he's in such a tough spot now, pro- probably worse than last year. Well, that's the, so yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. see any improvements my, this my, year. It's probably just as bad. Yeah, I mean he doesn't have David Johnson. Exactly. So. It's just and he so we may they not see his true potential till another year. <laughs> yeah, he may have to go somewhere else next year, right? I was just yeah. about to say the offensive line might be as bad now that they got rid of Tunsil too. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be rough here. I already hear the outside noise of don't pick Baltimore and Survivor, and I know like you don't want to pick a road team, but like. I'd be pretty shocked if Miami beat Baltimore. Oh, let's week get out one. of here. Who you ta- I'm taking Baltimore and the Eagles are my two favorites this week. Yeah, those are my two favorites, and I I do like uh, Seattle. I'm not crazy about the Seahawks, but they're just so dominant at home. Uh, so they, they sh- they're a safe mm, pick too. They just they always they scare the living hell. Yeah, out you'll. Of I think you'll sweat it out. I think you'll sweat out an Eagles win too. A division game. Um, you know. I know Washington. They're two different teams on paper, but I, think you'll, I do. I think you'll sweat that one out. I I think they'll I, win by like a touchdown. I might be the biggest Redskins supporters talent wise of anybody. You guys know, like I'm waiting for the day that Dwayne Haskins starts. I just said that Trey Quinn and Paul Richardson are overlooked. Mm-hmm. I love Darius. Scott. At the same time, I'm still like they might not win five games. Yeah, they're rough. They're. they're I rough. think they have a better shot if they put Haskins in. Agreed. And, Agreed. Oh, there's no I, question I about a, it. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're at some point he steps in, and I think they actually – I don't know what their schedule looks like, but I think there's a good chance that they actually win like seven or eight games this year. I'm wait- no, but this is the same thing that you said, like, or maybe – I think it was what you said when we when – we, so I, for one time, in the middle of an argument, said, you know what, I'm changing my stance, which is very rare. Everybody knows that. <laughs> but I, I think it was with you, Brad, when we were having a discussion, and I said that Josh Rosen should be the week one starter. And was it you that said if he's oh, yeah, not the week one starter? yeah, we have a dollar bet on that. <laughs> no, 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 but it went out, no, 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 hold on. It changed because it changed because I thought it was you that made the argument that if Fitzpatrick starts week one, two, three, and he, when he inevitably bombs as he does and you bring in Rosen at that point, it's not going to be as frustrating for fans if Rosen's not that good to start because he's already he's replacing somebody that bombed, whereas if he comes out week one and doesn't play well, people are going to be already in a, a riot and saying we should have started Fitzpatrick. Was that not you? Right. Maybe that was Pat. And- no, and I and I at the at a minimum, like you gotta you gotta feel like the Dolphins fans know what's happening. Like they just watched them trade their franchise left tackle and and a starting wide receiver for a whole bunch of draft picks. Like they are trying to lose, and the and the Dolphins fans have resigned resigned themselves to that. The question is, you know, they gave up basically Paris Campbell for for uh, you know to to grab that pick to. Um, you know, to, to I think that's who the Colts got right, or knows the Cardinals. It was Andy Isabella. It was Andy Isabella for yeah, but they also but they got the Saints for Josh Rosen next year, right, right. So there's there's it. yeah, there's no question that that Rosen is going to replace Fitzpatrick at some point. The question is 
how long does that take? Because Fitzpatrick also has the ability to go out. In, he was in a Buccaneers offense last year that was not Bruce Arians' coach that threw for over 5,000 yards last year between him and Jameis Winston combined. There is a chance that he goes out and throws for 400 yards in almost every game, but he also will throw three or four picks, and at some point they're just going to get tired of that, and that's when Rosen steps in. And at that point, it's kind of like, okay, what do we have here? Is he worth you know, trading down out of the first overall pick because we know that's what we're going to have? Or is nope. it... Yeah, or or do we take the guy there and and you know roll with him as our backup because they've they've still got control of him for three years. It's right. just so tough. Like it's again, it's just such a tough situation to even see any success. Like if Rosen has a little bit of success in that offense, that it's a, it's a, it's a win, and it'll make them think twice or three times about keeping him. But I'm I'm looking forward to. Not so much Rosen starting. I'm looking forward to Haskins getting in there like you guys talked yep. about over a few weeks. Definitely going to make this offense better. And Ryan Tannehill. I'm out on Marcus Mariota. <laughs> I've been a Mariota kind of, like I, not a big supporter. But let's no. go back to thinking of all those teams that tried to acquire Marcus Mariota. Like the Eagles and Chip Kelly wanted to give a, a thousand picks away. There were other teams. I think Miami was in there as a team who was potentially yeah. trying to And I told you, up. now it's going to be six, de- six degrees of separation in Mariota. It's either going to be Tua or Herbert on this team next year. For sure. But I think, I think you know, again, people who own maybe Corey Davis or people who have taken shots and maybe maybe Hunt Humphreys or Brown, like whoever, you're not going to be able to see this offense roll until Tannehill. And I'm not even a great Tan. I'm not even a big Tannehill supporter. I've just seen enough of Marcus Mariota. Even so, Corey Davis was one of my favorite wide receiver threes this year because even if it is as bad as it was last year, he's still a wide receiver three. Right. If and that's the thing. Like so. But anyway, I just wanted to tell you guys both this. Uh, somebody from the site is going to get a shout out. Nice. Ronald W. I appreciate you because you made me laugh at the bottom of this comments as we're closing this show out because in the comments of the rankings article, he put, do I start Sanders of Miami or Hopkins of Washington? By the way, where are the kickers? <laughs> so I did see. I appreciate uh, it, Ronald. Nice. I appreciate the laugh because there's a lot of uh, who do I start right in the rankings column. There's also uh, where there be an overall despite in italics right before the rankings start saying, Overall is coming on Thursday. There's still questions about it. Just please read the entire article. But please forget that. I don't want to get salty again at the show. I appreciate again, Ronald. You, you made me laugh. I appreciate it. But follow Chris at Chris Meany. Follow Brad at Brad Ziegler. I'm at Olin Kid. You guys know that. We'll be back on Monday, kind of talking waivers, a lot of waivers, and then get you ready for next week and have the first real football in the books, guys. Like next yes. time we talk, football will have had happened on our show and on TV. It's great. Good luck, everybody. Week one is here. Celebrate, everybody. Say yay. 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 Thanks, Brad. Mm-hmm.